Hey there, Ravens flock. Welcome back to Baltimore Talk, the weekly podcast giving you a recap of every Baltimore Ravens game from now to postseason. I'm your host, Anthony Probst, and I'll be giving you everything you miss, plus my own personal thoughts, opinions, and analysis. Yesterday was the Week 7 contest between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns back home at M&T Bank Stadium. And man, was it a spectacular homecoming because we welcome back the man, the great, the stud, the bus, Gus Edwards. And man, was his presence missed and his presence definitely shown known yesterday on that field. He's been out since December of 2020 due to a torn ACL, missed all of last season. And man, was it great to see him back on the field. Lamar and John Harbaugh really favored him yesterday, and it was with good results. So it was definitely nice to see him get back on that field. I absolutely was dumbfound and so happy to see him back. He's been one of the greats, one of my favorites for a very long time in his time on that team. So it's so nice to have him back. And I just it just can't even say anything about it because we definitely felt his presence back. Plus, we also had come back Rashad Bateman, who did miss last couple weeks, but it was so nice to have him back. So nice to see him back as well. He definitely did some good things yesterday as well, too. And it was just nice to have both Rashad Bateman and Gus Edwards back just because their presence was definitely not on that field yesterday. It was so nice to see them back. But before we get into the meat of the whole game, we do have to start with the inactives, starting with cornerback Jalen Armour Davis, wide receiver Tylen Wallace, running back Mike Davis, outside linebacker A.J. Klein, and guard Ben Cleveland. Unfortunately, their presence was not uh, missed. It was missed, obviously. We hate to see injured players and inactive players, but we always know there are backups, there are second strings, there are adjustments, and things that can be done, and it was definitely done well yesterday. But but before we get into it, I do have to admit, I did miss some of the game due to some streaming issues, but that was, however, corrected halfway through the first drive of the Cleveland Browns. And I did get a chance to see some of their drive, and it was not bad. I will admit that I did miss the first two first down completions, but once they got closer to the 20-yard line in Baltimore territory is when I was finally able to catch up and catch with the game. So I'll end up starting it from there, but I will admit that I do know we as Ravens fans in the Ravens flock, we saw them win the coin toss and chose to defer, which is always nice to see, like I said, in weeks one, two, three, and four, that choosing that when you win the coin toss and choosing to defer is always the right decision because you never know how that second half is going to go. You never know what can happen at the start of the third quarter and continuing on to the fourth. So we always want to choose to defer just in case you have to correct from a first half mistake or first half mistakes in all honesty you never know what could happen and what could not happen so with all that being said i'll just start it off with where we started or where i started i should say after the first two first down completions and we're in baltimore territory at their 20 yard line with the Browns being on second and nine. Calais Campbell is the first player I saw to get a stop, which was so nice because he is definitely a big body on defense, and he is right there every time getting tackles, making plays, making stops, and that is just beautiful to see him doing his thing all the time. Then on the next one, though, unfortunately, the Browns did get a completion for the first down, putting them at first and goal. Then with them being in the red zone, we the Ravens are able to stop them after a two-yard gain. I believe that was Chuck Clark who actually made that stop there. Then on the next play, Marlon Humphrey, once again, he makes a stop. And now with the Browns being at fourth and one, they're shy of it right on the goal line. They decide to go for it, and they send their man Joku, and he gets their first touchdown. Uh saying or not in joku the quarterback i apologize i'm thinking i'm thinking a series ahead unfortunately but uh they got they still ended up getting the touchdown at first the ravens tried to say no they didn't the players on the field were saying no they didn't but after looking at the play a little closer the officials did indeed in fact confirm that they did get that touchdown and they end up getting their field goal as well so for the first time all season, 
Baltimore was trailing after the first drive and in the first quarter and weren't the first team to put up some points in their games, which usually they are lately. And especially this season, they're never trailing. They're always ahead by X amount of points, especially to start the game. So this is definitely how things take a turn for the Ravens. But it doesn't turn too far because we all know how the game ends. But before we get too ahead, let's just keep it rolling with the rest of the analysis and such but after that they the browns i should say they send it back for a touchback with the ravens taking it at their own 20 yard line and with that on the first play gus edwards gets his first touch of the day and he is able to get a beautiful handoff from lamar for a gain of four then on the next play where it that unfortunately did not go anywhere but he ends up getting a scramble for two and gets to third and three. So that was the next play. I'm really all over the place. I apologize, Ravens flock. You know how it is. Can can be on a Monday morning sometimes. But he ends up three plays in a row. First, he takes a beautiful handoff. Then he has to scramble for two. And then on this next play here, he does get the first down. And like I said, they were really favoriting him yesterday. He was really doing his thing, really getting things done. And following that, on the next play, Kenyon Drake, he also gets a nice handoff. He gets that for a gain of four yards. Lamar then has to hit a beautiful pass to Devin DuVernay. In the, and this time, he's in the red zone. He threw that through a deep ball. I believe that was about 25, almost 30 yards for that play there. And it was absolutely so beautiful to see because that's always... You just love to see how they have the reach how they have the chance to get things done and get deep passes like that and get the hands up. And Devin DuVernay definitely knows how to take care of business. So it was nice to see him get that beautiful reception, even though he was under a lot of coverage. Watching the replay, he was definitely under a lot of coverage. So it was good to see him get that there. Then following the next play, Kenyon Drake, he's only able to get a yard on a handoff which that means the defense on Cleveland was being pretty hefty. And they really were because defenses yesterday, it, for a while, defense was really going back and forth. And both teams, like last week, had some great defensive series. So, and it really, to the meat of it, got really good. And keeping it going before I get more sidetracked, Gus Edwards, he ends up taking a late handoff. And he only gains a couple yards, unfortunately, because it doesn't look like that Lamar and Gus were expecting each other to run into each other. So it was kind of just a spur of the moment kind of thing. And on that next play, Lamar ends up having to lob it all the way to the left side. And it unfortunately is ruled for incomplete. Now on a fourth and three, Justin Tucker, he sails the field goal and now puts it in only to a four-point game of being 7-3, down by three. Baltimore, you know Justin Tucker, always does his thing. It's absolutely amazing to see because you know how great of a kicker he is. We all know how great of a kicker he is. It's just absolutely amazing. So following that, after we sent it away, the Browns now on their next series, they hit a try and hit a deep pass to Cooper, who and the Ravens 20 and they end up doing it it was a 55 yard gain 55 yard pass it was absolutely insane as a defensive coordinator you definitely understand that that is I wouldn't say poor pass coverage but that's definitely things you need to watch out for you need to watch the pass game you need to watch the run game and this time they were not watching the pass game as well as they should have because things definitely did start to slip up on that play there which Again, it's great for Cleveland. It's great for them. But from a Baltimore standpoint, that is not okay. That's a fifth, that's 55 yards you just gave up on one play. And considering how they were doing so well in the red zone on the last series, it's definitely not good to let them get down there. But on their next play, they don't get any gain. Our defense did make up for that and end up stuffing them and stopping them from getting any yards on the play. And then even on the next play, the Browns end up going off sides and losing five more yards. So out of that 55-yard play, in two plays, we push them back a little bit more. We stop them from getting any further than what they already were. But on that, third, on that second and 15, they end up picking up 10 yards, now putting them at a third and five. Patrick Queen, he ends up getting a sack 
on that on the next play and forcing the field goal for the Browns. And it, it absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Patrick Queen, he really had things going for him yesterday. He was just really stepping up, really had some great plays. And especially in the second half, he really was able to take care of things. So Patrick Queen, definitely a great step up yesterday. On the next play, uh, Devin DuVernay after force after the uh, field goal for the Browns and letting that get sent to him. He ends up letting it roll all the way back and lets it go for another touchback. This one, it bounced a little bit. It almost didn't get through, but it did eventually have enough willpower to get itself down there, get itself through. So that will start Baltimore at their own 20-yard line or 25. It, it gets confusing sometimes. I can never remember. I'll, um, kind of a space case like that, but to each his own. On this next play, on this next drive, Lamar Jackson, he decides to scramble and has to throw it away. Had lots of pressure on him. They were really putting some pressure on him yesterday for uh, Cleveland's defense. Like They were trying to collapse the pocket like everybody else, trying to take advantage of it, trying to make sure he can't do what he does best. And a lot of teams have been doing that to him lately. And it sucks to see because you know you can you know what Lamar can do. I know what Lamar can do, and we all have just we all have to see him try and adjust, or he will adjust, or things get better, get worse. And they on that play decided to put the pressure on him real heavy. And then on the next play, he is sacked at the 18 yard line, and that's how the first quarter will end. Unfortunately that it wasn't like out on a bad first quarter yeah it sucks to see a quarterback get sacked especially Lamar and my overall thoughts for the first quarter it wasn't bad again I missed the first two opening uh conversions for Cleveland but from everything I saw uh it was the game was moving really fast like it was fast-paced football yesterday definitely very fast-paced the first quarter went by pretty quick with them getting a field goal on both teams, plus Cleveland getting a touchdown. So it only being a 10-3 right now, it's pretty uh, quick, honestly. Not really much to say about the game at the moment, just because not really much has happened yet. Nothing like huge, exciting, spectacular has happened yet. This just being a fast-paced football game with first down completions being made, passes being taken care of. So that's just how things were going for the moment. And that honestly, it's all I really can say what I have to say about it. But getting into quarter number two here, Lamar, he ends up taking it himself. He shakes a tackle and only gets 10 on a third and 17 because that is with them being sacked, how they got pushed all the way back there because he ended up dropping some yards back a lot to end that. Uh, so that will send out the punt unit for the first time today for Baltimore. And with them having the punt unit is never, never, uh, what you want to see because you always want to see them make first downs. You always want to see them get completions, but unfortunately they had to send out the punt unit and that happens. But however, though, Cleveland throws up the challenge flag because on the play, Baltimore had, uh, run, had done it, had run it. And it said that they had, for the life of me, I cannot remember why, but I do know that they did throw up a challenge flag for something, and I apologize for not taking the time to write it down. My brain is uh, not not where it should be when it comes to certain things, <laughs> but uh, even that call was not overturned, and the Browns were forced to ha- use one of their timeouts and waste one, and that did back them up. Uh, all the way to their own 12-yard line after this on that next play, on that next drive. They were backed up all the way to their 12-yard line. And it really it, uh, it, it really sucked for them because they thought they had something going when, they, unfortunately, they did not. There was no reason to call a challenge flag. I believe it was for, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it was for in a block in the back or some... Something that wasn't what it should be, knowing what it wasn't. And it really did cost them a timeout for no reason, honestly. But keeping it moving, keeping it going forward on the next two plays. And I mean two plays in a row on the Browns offensive series. Patrick Queen, this man, the star-studded defensive player that he is, 
absolutely insane, absolutely crazy doing things the way he does, got two backfield tackles, didn't even let the Cleveland Browns cross the down, cross the, uh, what's, uh, cross the, uh, line of scrimmage. I don't know why it was, it, I was having so much trouble figuring that one out. He didn't even let them cross the line of scrimmage. He got two backfield tackles and pushed them back so many yards. It was so stellar. He absolutely did his thing. Absolutely was amazing. It was absolutely crazy to see. And he ends and that forced a, um, Cleveland three and out. It was absolutely great to see. I, I honestly, uh, Patrick Queen, he's got to be one of the best defensive players Baltimore has had. Him, Marlon Humphrey, Calais Campbell, and Ch Chuck Clark are the top four defensive Baltimore players that I've seen in a decent while. Personally, I will never let anybody come above Ray Lewis. He was always my favorite. He was a great middle linebacker for defense, and he absolutely huge, absolutely stellar on defense. And it's just absolutely great to see because... Patrick Queen, he's just all over the place. He's absolutely amazing. He's absolutely great. And you can't go wrong with him because he really did his thing yesterday. He really got things done. Like I said earlier, when he got that first tackle and got that first stop, I like I said, he was able to get things done later in the game, later to get great plays. And these right here were those great plays. He was able to do his thing. It's just absolutely great to see. So, forcing them to a three and out, Devin DuVernay has a beautiful return. He catches it at the 40-yard line, pushes it all the way to Cleveland's 40-yard uh, line, and this is where we're in Cleveland territory here, get things done, get things handled, and this is we'll set up our next drive here, and Lamar Jackson starting off with another handoff to Gus Edwards, Gus the bus, like I said. He absolutely was getting things done yesterday. They were really favoriting him yesterday because it was his big return. It was his big spectacular. It, and this definitely was it. And on that next play, right after the four-yard gain, he is only able to get a yard because they took him down pretty easy. Or not pretty easy, but took him down relatively quickly, I should say. So on third and five, Lamar tries to throw a pass and it is defle deflected and is made as incomplete. So this now being on four and five, we send out the field goal unit. Once again, Justin Tucker sends up another one, now putting it into only a four-point game of 10 and six. The, uh, still down by only four points. Baltimore usually never trails, as I've said all season. They haven't trailed yet to going into the first or second or third it's always once you get in that half is where things start to flip. But now things seem to like flip on their head. They're trailing in the first half, which if you look at past, if they're tr not trailing in the first, that means they'll be trailing in the second. So I figured it'll be role reversal if they're trailing in the first. That means they'll end up not trailing in the second half, which things do flip after the second half. I won't lie to you. A after that field goal, though, we sent it for a touchback. And starting the next Browns drive... They only get a gain of two because, like I said, Calais Campbell, one of the heavy hitters, one of the big wigs, he gets a stop after that. On that play, though, there's a flag on the play. The Browns have a holding call after a really good gain. After that two-yard gain, they had a beautiful gain. They got the first. They had extra yards on top of that, but it was called all the way back because of a holding call. Then, away on defense he was able to get the stop on the next play able to stop them from getting a decent amount of yards so they end the baltimore's defense ends up forcing the fourth down forcing cleveland to punt for the first time today and that's definitely what you want to see you definitely want to see great defensive series like this and this was a great one honestly this is where things got spectacular that last defensive series with patrick queen getting those two tackles in the backfield that is really what ramped up the Ravens defense I believe that is what really started to set the tone and make sure things went off and it really continued throughout the rest of the day and with it continuing through the rest of the day after that forced punt Devin DuVernay he lets it slow roll and just make the touchback once again and kicker on uh, Cleveland yesterday he was kicking it under like kicking it looks like he was kicking it under a little bit of power to try and prevent the touchback, but some of these did end up getting a touchback. Some of these did end up going for a touchback, and this just happened to be one of those ones where they do, again, get another touchback, slow rolling touchback, mind you, 
But a touchback is a touchback. So that'll start uh, Baltimore at their own 20-yard line. Again, it might be 25. Some it, I feel like they change it sometimes. I don't know. Not a professional yet. Still working on it. After that, though, Kenyon Drake, he's the first to get the ball on this next drive. And unfortunately, he does lose y- does not get anywhere. He does lose some yards because he is taken down relatively quickly, stopped right at the line of scrimmage. So he does lose a couple inches. And then Lamar, he tries to send a soft pass to Patrick Ricard on the next play for one yard. And unfortunately, that is also a loss or, or a gain, I should say, because Kenyon Drake, gosh, I'm losing my mind today. Kenyon Drake, he did lose a couple yards. So this one, this one yard gain from Patrick Ricard, he was able to get it to third and 11. Then Lamar, he completes a 26 yard pass to Rashad Bateman, getting them the first down with a whole extra. And like I said, Rashad Bateman finally back after missing last week and the week before, he was able to get things done. Not favored a lot, definitely not as much as Gus Edwards, but he really had things going for him. So Bateman definitely got that one down, got that taken care of. It was really nice to see him take care of that. And that was a great first down play by Lamar to Bateman. But keeping it going on this next play, Gus Edwards again gets a handoff, gets a gain of two. Then on the next play, same thing, gets a handoff, gets a gain of three, so or gain of Six, I should say. So now we're on third and two. Lamar, he decides to take it to himself and get the first down. He faked the jet sweep to Rashad Bateman, made the defense get tricked, and he was able to get the first down himself, put on the little Speedy Gonzalez, put on the wheels, put on the burners, did his Lamar Jackson thing as he always does because we know people say he's a running back. People say he's not a good quarterback or he's just a quarterback and shouldn't try and run it as much as he does. He has the best of both worlds. He has the leg power, the speed, the arm power, the strength. I've said it all before. I've said it in weeks one through six, every time he does it, because he does it at least once a week. There's not a game that goes by that he does not put on the burners and get a first down or put get some yards or that he doesn't do something like this. And it might not just be once. Sometimes it's even more than once. It could be twice, three times, four times. You never know with this guy. Like he is an unpredictable quarterback. And that's what we like to see. You don't like to see your quarterbacks knowing how things are going to turn out automatically. The unpredictableness of the quarterback is absolutely amazing. So this is one of those times where he's unpredictable and he ends up faking, like I said, fakes the jet sweep to Bateman, gets a handoff for himself and takes it. But going on the next play, Gus Edwards, he ends up getting another handoff, getting some yards there. And Lamar, he fires a beautiful straight pass to Isaiah Likely for the first down again. He gets more points, more yards, I should say, not more points, not yet. Lamar was really on his A game when it came to some uh, players and some passes. Isaiah Likely, Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, they were favored yesterday. They were really doing their thing. Patrick Ricard, him too. They were really doing great things on the offense yesterday. It was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely great to see. Then on this next play, Patrick Ricard, he comes in motion not once, but twice. And this being a interesting choice because he motions from one side, then motions to the other. Lamar, I, I honestly, I don't know what would their mindset what was, what they were doing. I don't know if he was trying to fake a handoff, if he was trying to fake a pass. I don't know really know what this play call was and how the scheme was going, but things were really going the way they should have because on that same play with that fake, Lamar takes it himself, gets to the first and goal, putting it at the two-minute warning for Baltimore. And with that being at the two-minute warning, that is how things will calm down for a second. But on the next play, Gus the Bus Edwards, he gets the first touchdown of the day for Baltimore. And it's just absolutely amazing. His presence is shown and known. And we welcome him back so quick, so fast, because it's absolutely beautiful to see Gus Edwards do his thing like he did, like he used to. And and like we know he can do. And like I said earlier, his presence was sorely missed all last season. There are certain points that last season I feel like he could have definitely benefited for Baltimore and put them possibly further in the season. And even this year earlier, I feel like now that 
uh, we have him back. I feel like if he was there, say, week two against Miami or week four against Buffalo, I feel like we could have done some things and gotten things done better if we had Gus Edwards. So I really can see and everybody else can see that it was definitely well-rounded to have him back and so great to see. So following that, Justin Tucker, we all know we don't even have to do it. Under 30 yards or 32 yards, 32-yard field goal, sends it up. Now taking the lead right before the half for Baltimore, putting it at 13-10 with them being the leading now almost at half. And we all know if Baltimore is leading before or by half, things can get dicey. Things can get changed. And we've seen it. We've seen it. We know it's not a good thing, but... Th- things can change. We we saw them d- happen. Uh, I, um, not last week, but the week before. Or actually, I should say it was during um, week three. Week yeah or no, not week three, because we lost week four. I, I'm trying to think back which game we were trailing because we're never usually trailing by so much and by X amount of points at the half or by the third quarter so it was not week it was week two week four and week six we lost so I believe it was week five week five I believe it was we were trailing just a little bit I could be wrong I I, I could be wrong I'm not like I said not a mathematician not a math whiz not a professional yet for the NFL I'm just a young man doing a podcast for my passion and my love but we all know if Baltimore is leading, it, it, things can change. And they were trailing a little bit, and they will trail again. However, things do get flipped. But I'm getting sidetracked. I'm getting off here. Uh, but let, let's just keep it moving. For after the tu- after the kick, uh, Justin Tucker touchback, after the field goal, and after the points, now with Baltimore leading, they end up getting a late flag on the Browns' return. Cleveland ends up having a holding call on themselves. So not only do they get the ball back, but they are forced to push it back. They end up getting the first down with only a minute 25 left. They almost have an INT, but it is caught for eight yards at the, for the Browns. It sucks that they couldn't that we couldn't get the interception. They we usually get our hands up, but we ended up missing the option missing the option read on that play, and it was definitely not uh, a good scene. We we could have had it. We know we can do these things. They end up getting an incomplete screen pass on the next play, and on third and two, an incomplete. There was a flag on Marcus Peters for pass interference. And we did see it. We we saw him hook. We saw him hook the gentleman. We saw him hook the arm. So, we we understand. And passing a France, you hate to see it. It's it's just so hard to see him do that because Marcus Peters he knows better. He knows how things go. It's it, it's just I, I can't even come up with fathomable words. I can't even think of how to specifically say it. like analyzing this game. More than I'm trying to go into it more, but there's not really much to go into for pass interference. When you saw the replay, saw things get done, it's as simple as that. He he hooked him, pass interference, automatic first down, period. But Justin Houston, he forces a sack on the next play, and it ends up forcing a fumble. And this was great. He hit the guy, got the sack, was able to get the ball out, forced the fumble. But unfortunately, it is recovered by the Browns. Almost had it. Baltimore almost had it. It was so close, but unfortunately, they couldn't get it fast enough. So it was recovered, but it was for a very significant loss. But on the next segment, uh, Cleveland will take a timeout with less than a minute left in the game. They will take their for their second technically timeout because they were forced to take one when they threw up the challenge flag and lost. So this being their second timeout of the half, they take it to try and get some momentum and try and regain some things that they could not so on third and 18 they only get a game of gain of four and after that Baltimore will take their first time out as well 
on and that just it is what it is 30 second timeout with less than a minute left in the half that will force Cleveland to punt the ball away and punt the ball downfield on that uh punt they only have uh three se- 20 uh they only have 25 seconds left in the half and Baltimore ends up getting the ball just a loss of a yard on second 11 that's how they end the second quarter and how they end the first half not really too exciting uh for that to happen like not really too too exciting not really much to say about it it was just timeout stop timeout punt lost one down play and the game and the half I should say it's not really too exciting it's just like I said fast-paced football things are moving fast things are going quick it's just it's just it is what it is honestly that's all I can really say it is what it is but we're moving into the halftime which was the 10-year anniversary of the Super Bowl win back in 2012 for the Baltimore Ravens. They had a very big ceremony for that and brought back the entire team who helped win that game. I know there were a lot of big names there. Unfortunately, I had to listen to the game on the Ravens Game Day Network. No sponsor, but I will obviously shout them out because that's how I heard the game. But out of everybody who played in that entire and with that entire ceremony, out of that entire team, there's still only two Ravens players today that were back on that team that are still on the team today. Josh Bynes and Justin Tucker. And it's crazy to say that a decade ago, that team that our team won the Super Bowl and there's still two dedicated players, still two dedicated members of the Ravens family and of the Ravens flock that are still continuing with the team today. And we know Josh Bynes has been back and forth with other teams in that 10 years. Justin Tucker, we know he hasn't gone anywhere. He, We can't afford to lose him. John Harbaugh would never give him up ever to anybody. But it's just absolutely great to see that they had a ceremony for them, especially because it, it was home yesterday. So having them do it at home on the, in the 10 years, it was just great. But my overall halftime thoughts... I think we had great offensive sessions, especially with Gus Edwards and Rashad Bateman. Like I said, Gus Edwards, he was really doing his thing, getting these handoffs, getting these yards. And Rashad Bateman, again, nice to see him get that beautiful 26-yard pass and have him back after being out for a couple weeks. Having them both back at the same time is absolutely amazing. I only see good things coming for the Ravens up or coming up very soon for the Ravens because of having these two Titans back. And with that said, I will say we definitely had great defensive series as well. Uh, Patrick Queen, like I said, absolutely great, absolutely amazing to see him get those two tackles in the backfield and then get the stop in the first quarter as well. He was really the defensive player of the day yesterday. It was absolutely crazy because he was able to get that and get so many great stops, especially when he did it in this second quarter, back to back, both in the backfield. Like that's, I don't say it's unheard of, but like, it's not seen very often by a lot of players. It's definitely hard to see them do that because you don't see too many gaps and holes being opened up or players being able to get to the ball that fast. So it definitely was a great display of defensive series by Patrick Queen and the Baltimore Ravens. I will say though, my few things that I'm thinking, um the passing game, it was it wasn't as heavy as you it usually is. There wasn't a lot of passes like there should have been. I feel like we ran the ball a lot. Yes, we had Gus Edwards back. Yes, he's a great runner, but we all everybody knows we also know that our passing game, I don't want to say is unmatched, but we usually have better passing game. We usually better have passing series. And that was definitely lacking yesterday. And I'll say that was lacking because we also had no Mark Andrews yesterday. Yes, he was able to play. He played one play, but that I, he did not touch that ball except for once. And I personally think that given how great Mark Andrews is, with Lamar and how great they are with their team chemistry, their dynamic duo, their status. The love was not shown yesterday. The love was definitely kind of lost with the return of Gus Edwards. And that's no 
shade to either player, but it's just, the love was not there like it should have been because usually you see Lamar and Mark almost every drive, almost every play get so many yards and get so many things done. So with that, Mark's presence was definitely not felt yesterday. It definitely was shown and not there. Granted, yes, we still won the game, but things just were not as lively as they should with the passing game. Like, again, we ran it. We had a couple good passes here and there, had some good things done here and there. But at the end of the day, we did not have a passing game like we usually do. It is just crazy to see that the love was not shown to Mark Andrews yesterday, as it usually is. But that happens sometimes. Sometimes when you get a returning player who's been gone for a while, you show him more love being his first game back. And that's what they did with Gus Edwards. But we all know how well Mark Andrews is and how good of a player he is. So I think Cleveland might have been expecting a lot more of him. As everybody expects, okay, it's Lamar and Mark. They're gonna hit. He's gonna hit Mark more than anybody. Yes, there will be hitting Kenyon Drake, Isaiah Likely, Patrick Card, all that. But at the end of the day, we can see that Mark is usually the favorite guy. And seeing that he didn't get favorited yesterday, I, I don't know if that threw Cleveland off a little bit or if things just weren't changed. I just personally believe that we did not get enough of Mark Andrews like we should have yesterday. I think we could have had a lot more, but again, it is what it is. That's just, as I say, even in the opening, my personal thoughts, opinions, and analysis, and this is just my personal thoughts. I think we should add more Mark Andrews. I feel like we could have had better yards or could have had more first down completions or even safe to say, maybe even some more points. Because I don't want to say it was a low-scoring game. I mean, it was 23-20 at the end of the day. But that, get, considering in the league how high-scoring games have been like 37-13 or 42-23, like these games are getting higher scores. So these games that are like low 20s or not even cracking 20 or just hitting 20, these games are now being low-scoring games. And it's... You, you want to see teams put up more points because that means that football is getting more exciting. And this yes, again, this game was exciting because things do take a turn and things do change and flip real easily and real fast. But it's just not as high scoring as you'd like to see because you know Baltimore can put up these numbers and can put up these points. We've seen it happen so many times in so many games in so many years. So... Just these low-hanging fruit games are, I don't want to, I don't know how to perfectly explain it. Like, it's, with it happening, that means teams are getting better and putting up more of a fight. So, Baltimore is getting better on defense, and that means these teams are also getting better on defense when they play against them. Because it happens like that, and that's what's going on. So... That With all that being said, that is honestly my halftime thoughts and my halftime opinions. Let's just keep it rolling now into the third quarter. Lamar, he ends up going under center on this first play, and he's forced pressure and gets a loss of seven yards. Unfortunately, it's that sees that happened. It, it happens, Lamar, like I said, they put pressure on him. They, they know that when he's either under center or just in the pocket. If you put enough pressure on him, it's absolutely hard for him to do things. It's hard for Lamar to get where he needs to be, get things done how he needs to get them done. So that just happened to be one of those times where he ends up, unfortunately, having too much pressure put on him and he is sacked for a loss of seven. But on the next play, Lamar does. Finally, he tries to hit Mark Andrews, but that is knocked down and knocked away. We hate to see that because that's that team chemistry where Lamar tries to get that pass to Mark. And the one time he almost gets a pass to Mark, it is knocked down, unfortunately. So, and Lamar, he sacked again on the next play, not two plays in a row, but in the same series, he is sacked again. So this is on third and 17, and we are sending out the field goal unit after that. Or not the field goal unit, I mean the punt unit, that squad there, I just thinking in kicking terms. 
we are forced to punt the ball away. And, and this here, unfortunately, will start the Cleveland next drive. So on the next drive, Baltimore, we bring the strength. We bring the pressure. We bring the blitz. And we put a lot of pressure on him. And Patrick Queen, once again, he is able to get another good play. This time he does get a quarterback sack on the play. So he ends up having, uh, a, again, another great, a great defensive play. Another great one. It, absolutely amazing. Absolutely great to see. He definitely was the defensive player of the day yesterday because of the great things he did. Four great plays. Two, quarter, two quarterback sacks. Two tackles in the backfield right off rip. So you know he had his hands going. He had his legs working and the strength doing what it does. It's just great. On the next play, Calais Campbell, he ends up swatting the ball and getting it down for Justin Houston to get the recovery. So this one here, I'll, I'll even explain it. Cleveland goes for the play. Calais Campbell, he knocks it down, knocks it straight, and then... It uh, with that being said, Justin Houston, he's able to recover the ball because they ended up scrambling for it because it almost it was a tackle. It wasn't a pass, but like the it was kind of almost it was kind of like a uh, a toss that he was able to swat down and able to get the get his man Justin Houston to get the ball back. So we end up getting a great recovery to stop that drive there from Cleveland. They were able to stop the drive, which was nice. So this will force the turnover and get Baltimore their ball back. So next play, Gus Edwards gets a handoff, gets it for a gain of only one. Same thing on the next play, second and nine, Kenyon Drake. He gets a handoff, gains of two. So now we're at third and seven here. Lamar misses a pass to Devin DuVernay. And unfortunately, we hate to see missed passes to these great players, but it's made up because there was a holding call on defense from Cleveland. So that pushes us to the first down, as it always does. Holding calls always, unfortunately, which sucks, either helps or hurts you. This time it happened to help us. So on the next play, Lamar, he puts on the wheels, puts on the legs. Speeding Gonzalez is it, the flash, all that, takes it himself for a stunning seven yards as he does, gets out of bounds. Then the next play, he ends up faking it to Kenyon Drake, takes it up the middle himself. Once again, two plays in a row, he takes it for himself. You know, being the quarterback he is, showing why he's a great player and is able to get the first down completion for that there. Kenyon Drake on the next play, though, he gets the ball, but no gain. He stopped just right at the line. He's taken down, and that happens. Again, Cleveland, their defense can be honest sometimes. Their defense can get things done like they need to. As all defenses do, they'll get it done when it happens. This happens to be one of those times where they get it done, and that will stand them up. So on the next play, Josh Oliver, this was absolutely amazing. He gets the, he gets the ball, and he gets the touchdown. Uh, what we thought was a touchdown, because when you first watch it, and as they first called it, it looked like a touchdown. But when you switch camera angles, you could see that he was in the end zone. And when it went and the ball came out of his hands, when he tucked, the ball came down and slid right out. So what a it was a faked touchdown, some would say. And it, I wouldn't say it was like faked, faked, but it definitely looked like a touchdown. Unfortunately, uh, it was ruled not a touchdown. Like I said, you could see it come back. But on the next play, Rashad Bateman, he catches it, slides to the one-yard line, and that will put them at fourth and inches, fourth and goal, and they decide to go for it. Most people would just say, take the field goal, put up three, but they decide, let's go for it. And Gus Edwards, he does, he proves why his nickname is Gus the Bus, because he was a bus, he straight trucked through those guys, got, got stood up right in there but he definitely got things done and he got that touchdown for us there so it put us at uh, a 20 a 19 10 game or and justin tucker sends it up for one more putting it at a 20 10 game now being up by 10 points we all know how things go we know that these things when we're leading by at least 10 points 
things can change. Things can flip real heavy. But with all that being said, let's just keep it rolling, keep it moving. On the next play for the defensive series, Josh Bynes, he's able to get a stop there. On that play, the Browns, they do convert on the next. Then they get a gain of three. This is where things are starting to ramp up a little bit. There was a flag on the play. And it was originally called on Marlon Humphrey for pass interference. But when you actually look at it, it was actually Geno Stone who actually ended up getting the flag on the play. So you and you you know things can happen like that. You know things can change. Or originally it looks like a flag on somebody because I even thought it was on Marlon Humphrey at first. But when they replayed it, you could see that it was actually Geno Stone that ended up getting that pass interference there. On the next play, though, the Browns on third and two, they do convert once again. They try for a deep pass on second and six, but do not get it. So this uh, next play after that on uh, third and six, Marlon Humphrey, he gets a stop and forces Cleveland to end up going for a field goal. Now putting it at 2013 being a one score game and it's still only the third quarter, still a whole other quarter of football to go. We know how things can happen. We know how things can change. And when things go like that, it gets scary for Baltimore because we, we've seen it happen all the time. We see it happen where Baltimore's leading and it flips, especially by when it's a one-score game. So with that, with that happening, we a lot of people, even myself, the hairs on the back of my neck did stand up a little bit. I did get a little nervous because with it, it, it just, it, it can be a, it can be a uh, scary time when Baltimore does that. Cause just the, the, the earlier games in the season, it's proven why it's a nerve wracking thing, but we'll see how the team does because moving into the next play on the next series, Lamar, he ends up giving a handoff to Kenyon Drake once again for, unfortunately, a gain of nothing. He stopped right at the line of scrimmage. The next play, Drake decides to, Drake, he comes in motion. We send a screen pass to Patrick Card at the 40, and there was a flag on the play, and it was on uh, Cleveland, but they ended up ruling the, um, ruling the play a dead ball, so they ended up keeping the first down marker and keeping the yards, but it was just a dead ball, unfortunately. So they did not get what they were hoping for. Then on that next play, Kenyon Drake, he did get a gain of two. And as it's shown, as it's seen, it happens. It, and I'm losing, almost lost my train of thought, but those, those short gains are, honestly, it's the short gains that it happens. The, those short gains, they happen, they come through. So, but short gains are better than no gains, honestly. It's interesting to see. It's one of those struggles that happen. But like I said, short yards are good yards. On the next play, though, Rashad Bateman, he gets the ball again. Unfortunately, a gain of nothing. Then on the next play, to end the third quarter, Gus Edwards once again did what he did, who got favorited yesterday. He ends up getting the first down to end the third quarter. And this, this is one of those times where Baltimore is leading at the end of the third, going into the fourth. And like my best friend always tells me, just because they're leading, they usually don't like to show out in the last quarter when they're leading, when it can be a better game. They're not usually a second-half team. But they definitely... They didn't take their foot all the way off the gas yesterday. They definitely had things going well for themselves yesterday when it came to getting close to the fourth quarter. And with that, uh, th this is just one of those times where things did happen. So uh, all I can say is that it's not really much you can say, honestly. But we're going to start the fourth quarter here, last quarter of the game, last few couple plays last 15 minutes so with that Lamar he sends a first pass it is unfortunately deflected Justice Hill he gets a great gain gets a good handoff and gets a gain of nine yards on that next play absolutely great on third and one Patrick Card he is stopped at the line so now we're at fourth and one and this is where Mark Andrews 
finally gets the first touch of the ball with him being under center, being quarterback for this one. He, and this, this is absolutely crazy. This trick play, I swear, it, it's not going to become obvious, but it's going to become useful because this is the first time of the day Mark Andrews actually touched the ball and things actually got taken care of for him because he ends up going under center, getting the ball, and then pitches it straight to Lamar, who does get the first down, as we expected, because it's a Lamar. It's Mark. It's the dynamic duo. But this was the only time we actually saw Mark Andrews touch the ball yesterday. And like I said during halftime, things ca- uh, their dynamic duo is absolutely unmatched, and things were not handled, I don't want to say correctly, but just not handled the way they should be between that, and again, I know, Gus Edwards finally back after missing all last season, needed to get him plays, needed to get him in the game, but I just feel like Mark was pushed to the side yesterday. Hopefully, that'll be corrected uh, this coming week in the next game against Tampa Bay, but I definitely want to see more or see this corrected again after Mark did not get the love that he should have yesterday, but now on the next play, Gus Edwards, again, same name that's been being said all day. He gets a nice four-yard handoff. Then th- this one, I, I kind of was a little dumbfound. Jackson gets dropped after some confusion. Like, I don't even know what was going through their heads and through their thought process with this game here. I don't know if things were what the play call was or if they didn't know the play call. But Lamar ends up getting taken down. After some confusion on not knowing who to throw to or who to hand it off to, I believe Kenyon Drake and Gus Edwards might have had something backwards or the um, pass routes weren't right. But Lamar definitely did not have the chance to go in the uh, direction that he wanted to. So now on the next on this next play, Bateman, he ends up trying for it, but he ends up letting it slip right through his hands like he ends up getting his hands up for the catch and it just slid through like butter. And we, we it, it just blew my mind. It, I was so confused. I'm like, once the ball, and everybody, and some people can back me up and vouch for me on this one. When you get the ball, I don't know if he was wearing gloves or it, or it just, it was a wet ball. I don't believe it was raining. I don't believe it was a wet day in Baltimore yesterday. So how do you let the ball just slip through your hands? Like, I don't understand how it happened and what happened, but it, it absolutely crazy. But on fourth and nine, Justin Tucker, he sends a 55 yard field goal through the uprights. Mind you, he did what he does, push the envelope past his 50 yard limit. And this was again, one of those plays where he's able to push it and he got it now being 23, 13 with only 11, 24 left in the game. And this is where things happen again. It's a 10-point game. It's absolutely crazy. But we know with it being the fourth quarter and being so much time left on the clock, things could happen. Things could change. Um, I, I just don't know what else to say just because things do speak for themselves in past and history could possibly repeat itself. But... I will admit, and I will say, these are the last few. These are the last three points that Baltimore will put up for the end of the day, and things almost take a turn. But we'll we'll continue to see how things go because on the next play or on the next drive after a touchback, uh, the Browns they do get nine yards and pushing it to second and one. They slide, and or they after their first play they slide. 4-9 and get a second and one. They do convert. Josh Bynes, he was hurt on the next play, and it was a neck injury, and he was questionable to return, which he did not return, unfortunately. So um, it, it sucked that he didn't return as he usually does as he because he's such a great defensive player as well, and just seeing him not come back, hopefully he's okay. I know, again, it was a neck injury, and those can be – Bad. We saw with uh, Miami with Tua having a concussion and ha- being hurt after he got hit really hard. They're taking these injuries from the waist up, from the shoulders up, like the neck, the head, 
all that. They're taking, starting to crack down on these injuries and take these things a lot more seriously after that. So it's just absolutely heartbreaking to see because, again, Josh Bynes, he's a great player. And, again, he's one of those originals from the 2012 Super Bowl. So we hopefully will see him this coming week on Thursday. Hopefully he will participate in practice these short few days. Hope think all we can do is hope and wish him a quick and speedy recovery. Have him get lots of rest, ice his neck, take it easy as he should because he definitely earned it. He's definitely earned some rest. But on the next play, the Browns they do get a first and goal and a second and goal. They can't convert yet, but on the third, they do get a touchdown. So now it is 23-20. And this is nine minutes left in the game. This is absolutely crazy for nine straight minutes because we all know the final score of the game before I even get to the end of the show we all know what the score is so for nine straight minutes it was nothing but back and forth smack mouth football of both teams on defense absolutely doing their thing like it it was crazy and I will not lie they even say in on the broadcast like on live tv on cbs and even on Baltimore Game Day Network on the stream uh, for the live stream for the radio, they would say that at the end of the day, it was the special teams that won the day. It was the special teams that won the game. And I will admit, special teams really had a day, but that's right near the end of the game. And before I get ahead of myself, I will say, I'll just, I'm not going to quick speed run through it, but I'm just going to go a little faster because like I said, these were the final points of the game with nine minutes left. So I don't want to say everything was insignificant, but I will say that it just, it it just, it ran quick back and forth. So on this next play, Lamar, he throws the Bateman for seven. Then he gets only two on the next third, uh, third and two. Gus Edwards, he gets the first. Devin Duvernay, he gets the first. Hand off to Gus for three. Justice Hill for gets only a couple inches. Third and one, Mark Andrews. And this is where this is the one play where he actually did touch the ball once again. I was wrong earlier. I forgot. I almost got ahead of myself. Uh, he did touch the ball, so he was able to barrel through and get the first. This was great because... He it was nice to see him get get some play action yesterday. This one on the next play in a power eye formation, Justice Hill, he gets a gain of four yards. Um then on the next one, he gains more yard he gains uh four more yards after that. So in two plays, he gains eight yards. Third and two, Jackson, he runs it for the first down with a few more yards. And the Browns, they take their first timeout of the half after that. So this one here, uh, he th- this is where they end up just flipping the script. And uh, Justice Hill, uh, after that timeout, he ends up fumbling the ball and Cleveland recovers. And there was a holding call in Baltimore too. So this, this is where things, again, hair stood up on the back of my neck and I got scared because we're only leading by three. And now... We have a fumble and uh, Cleveland recovers it. So with that, it it got scary. And the, after that, the Browns, they take their second timeout to hopefully get this last offensive series, see how things can go, see how things can get done because of it. And once that happens, Jason Pierre-Paul, he has a heavy rush and he heavily gets a nice deflect on this ball. He ends up getting a good stop. But on the next play, the Browns get a gain of five. And they end up going crazy because they end up throwing a deep, deep pass for a decent amount of yards. And they end up getting it. They end up getting those decent amount of yards. So that will force Baltimore to take their first time out of the uh, second half. Just because, again, just like me and every other fan, every other player, hairs are standing up. We're getting nervous here because things we, – we've seen this happen. We, we know how this happens. We know how this goes. So in order to prevent earlier season games happening again, they end up taking a timeout to try and 
run some clock down, try and run some strategy. Then on the next play, there were there was a flag. It was on Cleveland, which was offensive pass interference. We saw him push off our guy. So that did help us in the long run, helped us a little bit, helped us get things sort of on track that pushed them back. They And they ended up now being on third and 12. They get a gain of six. Now on fourth and six, they end up having a possible offsides call, which they did take a minute for the officials to discuss uh, this happening. And this is right, this is right at the two minute, right near the two minutes, right before the end of the game. This is where things are happening. After that, the officials come back and do admit that it was offsides because the long snapper, he was twitching. He twitched the ball and moved it a little bit. So they end up backing the ball up, end up having to lose some yards. And this at the two-minute warning, they they send out their rookie kicker, their rookie kicker for a 61-yard field goal attempt to tie up the game. And this is where things go absolutely crazy because with it, Malik Harris, number 40, ends up deflecting the ball, deflecting the field goal to stop them from getting any more points and tying it up and pushing it into an OT. That was absolutely crazy to see that he was able to stop that from happening. I was absolutely blown away and absolutely dumbfound how that happened because you you don't see them blocking field goals like that. You don't see things happening like that. So when it does happen, especially at this range, because not many players, not many kickers can make those types of long kicks like that. We've seen Justin Tucker miss a 61-yard field goal last week, even though last year he had a 66-yard field goal completion against Detroit. So we've seen players make these types of kicks. Granted, Justin Tucker, he's... He, I, I believe he's inhuman when it comes to his leg strength. I feel like he does not skip leg day. I think that's an everyday thing for him. But we've seen other kickers attempt these long kicks and then miss due to one factor or another. So, and, and this being a Browns kicker, him being a rookie of all things, and that's no disrespect. Rookies have to earn their time. They have to earn their plays, and he definitely will earn it going forward. I can see him being a great kicker. I can see him doing great things. He just has to work on not just his form, but also the leg strength, also the power behind that comes with it. So with that, um, the ball is deflected, and this is after two minutes. So this this game's I don't want to say basically over, but we still have some time. And let's just, again, run through the last couple plays. Lamar ends up handing it to Kenyon Drake for a loss of two. Uh, the Cleveland Browns will use their last time out. And Baltimore now on third and nine. They only gain uh, on that second play after uh, timeout from the Cleveland Browns. They gain two. So now on third and nine, they have a loss of one with only a minute left. Fourth and ten. Uh, Baltimore, they take their third and final timeout. This now only having uh, on fourth and ten, like I said, I hope I said that. I again speed running. Uh, on fourth and fourth and ten, they take their third timeout. This now only twenty four seconds left in the game. They punt the ball away, and they wanted our punter, also a rookie, not to send a touchback, not for it to happen. But his leg, he unfortunately let it roll, let it bounce. And he ended up, unfortunately, sending a touchback here. And th- things got dicey because the Browns, e- taking it from their own territory at the 20, um, they end up getting the third, getting a gain of three. Then on second and seven, they just heave the ball, trying to uh, make sure that they can get a touchdown or attempt to get some yards. They unfortunately... Can't get it, so now it's a third and seven. Uh, Geno Stone, again, like he did a great job earlier, he ends up recovering the ball because it was knocked loose. It was knocked down out of hands, so he ends up recovering the ball, and that ended the game right there. He ended up getting the fumble recovery, and he ended up saving the day for Baltimore, and Baltimore took their win finally after taking taking a couple losses here and there. They ended up... With a 23-20 game, like I said earlier, at when, and that happened at nine minutes when that score came up. So, 
now that things are at 23-20, that is how Baltimore will end the game. On a great fumble recovery. And again, you love to see it. You love to see when teams make things happen like that. And I honestly, I don't know how much more I could say. Because overall, at the end of the day, it was a great game. Things really got done. Things really got handled. And my my overall thoughts, my overall wrapping up thoughts and conclusion here on how the rest of the game went. Like I said earlier, Mark, he did get the quarterback spot. He did get the first down, but he did not get favorited like he usually does and like he likes to. So I would have loved to see more Mark Andrews yesterday. That is all I really have to say, like in terms of bad things. I know we had the fumble and the turnover, but again, like all teams, even like how Geno Smith just took care of it, that happens and other teams can recover if you're not quick enough. So it, it is what it is. Mistakes are mistakes. That just means the other team is playing tough defense, which means we need to play either tougher defense or tougher offense to prevent those things from happening. Get a tighter secure on the ball. And same with um, the missed catch to Rashad Bateman and letting it slip through his hands. That need to tighten the grip. Either need to get some take off the gloves because, again, I couldn't visibly watch the game because of uh, streaming. I had to listen to it on the Ravens Game Day Network. Once again, no sponsor. So, But big shout-out to them for always keep holding it down when I can't stream the game live because I'm here in New York. That, that's a home game in Baltimore. But it was, uh, again, my, again, my overall thoughts, not silly mistakes, but things that just can be corrected here and there over time, things that can be fixed, that can be changed here, there, everywhere. But going forward, the good things, the great things, great things from a 55-yard field goal from Justin Tucker, uh, beautiful, beautiful catch to, from, Devin, uh, from Rashad Bateman for the 26 yards, a great number of yards, a great number of down completions and touchdowns from Justin, uh, not Justin Tucker, uh, uh, Gus Edwards. Absolutely beautiful, absolutely amazing to see him do these things. He was an all-around baller yesterday because it was his welcome. It was his welcome home party. It was his welcome back to the family, my man. We have missed you like crazy. And this, we definitely saw him be missed and his presence be known and his presence be missed. So we saw him ball out yesterday like he did in 2020 before he got injured and how we would have seen him do it last year if he was there but overall it was a great game it might have been a low scoring game it might have been some low hanging fruit but honestly like they said this really came down to special teams yesterday special teams really had things going because that's where the field goals the punt teams the punt recoveries the uh deflected path the deflected field goal by malik harris so things really came down to special teams yesterday. It was absolutely great. It was absolutely amazing to see overall at the end of the day. And honestly, I don't really know how much more I could say on how great it was. So with all that being said and wrapping it up here, we will be on a short week going from yesterday on Sunday to this Thursday night in Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers at 8.15 on Amazon Prime Video NFL Game Pass. Because Thursday Night Football now belongs to Amazon Prime Video. Shout out to them for securing the bag. Because we all know Thursday Night Football can get exciting. So I will love to talk about this with you guys later. Once we get things handled and get things done. I've been Anthony Probst here on Baltimore Talk. Thank you for listening and goodbye.